Hallelujah. You guys all ready to receive? Yep. Amen. I think this is going to be a good, uh, what the Lord had put on my heart, uh, even last week actually to share, but uh, my dad taught last week. Uh, but anyway, I think it's going to be a good compliment for, uh, for what was being shared, shorn, how do you say that? Shared in the first hour. Um, you know, I taught a few weeks ago about receiving God's love. Amen. And uh, that's an area that in my life uh, right now, I'm looking forward to a new season and, and growing in that. Amen. And I, and I shared with you, I think a few weeks back, even three, four weeks back now, you know, is uh, uh, that, you know, I just am in a period of time or have been in a period where, you know, you get so busy with life and, you, and um, you know, you got everything going on with the kids and being here and teaching and preaching is an honor to do every week. Um, but I, I was I was almost kind of getting to the point where it was just about the teaching and the preaching, you know, and having to take a look and step back and and really um, just desire to know God to a deeper you know degree and to know His love, and of course ministry comes from that, you know, Amen. The first the first thing is is being intimate with God, and so anyway, He's been showing me some things and and uh, um, and uh, is is preparing me for a new season to come. Uh, where I'm just looking forward to what all it entails. I don't know what all it entails yet, but I, I know that he has given me some words and, and we're stepping forward and uh, I know his love, amen, is going to get us through and see us through. Hallelujah. So uh, anyway, so he's been kind of inspiring me to just learn more about his love and share that with you guys, amen. So when we, we taught a few weeks ago out of uh, Ephesians chapter 3, and Paul said in Ephesians chapter 3, we're going to study out of 1 Corinthians 13, um, but there was a powerful truth that we covered a couple weeks ago in that we need to be strengthened to even receive God's love. Amen. We need to be strengthened by his Holy Spirit. We read in chapter 3, verse 16 of Ephesians going on, Paul praying that, uh, that, Lord, that God would grant us, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, and he goes on to say that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith uh, so that we would be rooted and grounded in God's love so that we would be able, in this word able means strengthened, to comprehend the, 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 the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height of God's love. Amen? Uh, key verse being that Christ dwell in our hearts by faith. Amen. So that we would be able to be strengthened to understand his love. Hallelujah. So, you know, and I've said this before, you know, the difference between true Christianity and dead religion is, is the Holy Spirit moving in our lives. Amen. And that if we live by faith in what Christ has done, we are guaranteed the help of the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's God's grace. Amen. To strengthen us, to bring about a revelation of God and who he is. And uh, as opposed to just going through the motions, and uh, sometimes religion, not sometimes, religion can rob us of a true intimate relationship with God, and religion can rob us of really experiencing and knowing God's love, amen? But if Christ will dwell in our hearts by faith, we, we, we live by, uh, walk by uh, uh, a knowing, an assurance that Christ died and rose from the grave, and we trust in that act alone, and Christ then dwells in our heart for the purpose of so many other reasons, but to strengthen us with the, with the strength and power to comprehend God's love. Amen. 
Hallelujah. And I think that's, uh, I think that we needed to start there today to, um, to, to go through this chapter, uh, chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians. Um, I want to know love, God's love to a greater degree, and I hope that you guys, and I know that you guys do as well. Amen. Most of us are familiar with this chapter 13. They call it the love chapter and all this. And, uh, you know, the most important thing is, you know, I'll speak for me and my dad and, and any of you in here, Jonas, um, you know what, we don't do this, we don't, we don't teach and preach as a work, if you know what I mean. You know what I mean? In the sense of, we're motivated by God's love um, to share what the Lord has put on our hearts, amen? And how many of you know we're all growing, and hopefully we're all growing together in here, amen? amen. And, um, uh, but how many of you know, again, you can, you can be going through the motions, and as Paul says here in chapter 13 of, of 1 Corinthians, that you can be doing all this ministry and stuff, but if it's without love, it's useless. Amen? It's like a clinging symbol, it says in another translation in verse 1. Um, so, you know, Paul is speaking here in the sense of he's a minister, but I want to hopefully bring this whole chapter to just a practicality of, what, of what, how we live now, whether we're ministers or not ministers. Um, Paul says, and I'm going to break this up. I, I, what I see in this chapter is kind of three different sections of the chapter. Um, Paul says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity or love, amen, let me say this before I get going too far, when we see this word charity, this is the word agape, amen, so this doesn't just mean love uh, like a man's love, which is very conditional, but this is speaking of God's love, hallelujah, unconditional, compassionate, merciful, uh, forgiving, graceful, amen, God's, God's love. Hallelujah. So we just need to make sure that, that we understand that. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, I am become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not love, it profits me or is profiting me nothing. Amen. Now, again, these are powerful statements because, um, you know, it's, uh, we're, we're about to read what love does and doesn't do. But Paul's relating this here to ministry and saying, you know, how many of you know we can have a knowledge of the truth, and it puff us up. Amen? And when I say we, I'm talking, obviously, generally speaking. We can be baptized in the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues and think uh, that maybe we're better than someone else that doesn't walk in that. Me and Alexis have witnessed some things before um, where there were gifts in operation and people baptized in the Holy Spirit and things, and um, but not have love. <laughs> Amen. I'll share an example shortly, not that that's the point, but the point is, is, you know, I like to say it like this. If I do all these things but don't have God's love or an understanding of God's love, then it's all useless. We can go through the motions of ministry or go through the motions of witnessing to people, but if it's not out of an understanding of God's love for us, and then hopefully in turn that being God's love operating in and through us as the motivation for whatever it is that we're doing then it's all for nothing. Amen? Paul says, I could be speaking in tongues. I can be flowing in the gift of prophecy. I can understand all mysteries and have all knowledge. 
Amen? And have all faith to remove mountains. But if I don't have an understanding of God's love, and if that is not operating through me, then it's all for nothing. Amen? You know, we, we've shared this before, but um, me and Alexis witnessed, you know, an individual that was in a wheelchair, and, uh, you know, this was in the, our faith circles, and, uh, yeah, I remember these people going up to, his name was Chuck, and basically saying, you know, if you had faith, you know, Chuck, if you had faith, you wouldn't be in that wheelchair. And it was, and I would, what did he have? He had MS or something, a pretty, I don't, I don't know what the, what the ailment was, but all I know is it wasn't love, <laughs> amen? <laughs> if you really had faith, you wouldn't be in that wheelchair, you know? And it's just, it was an example of, and it's not to just pick on one particular example, it was an example of what Paul is saying right here, you know? Some people get puffed up by knowledge, amen? And we're, we're about to read that as we go on into the second section of this particular uh, uh, chapter. Man, God's love is humbling. Amen? See, I don't know about you. See, this is why I started back in, the, in, in, in Ephesians. that When Christ dwells in our heart by faith, that means, it doesn't just mean, oh, I believe that Christ, you're living there. No, when we're living by faith in what Jesus did for us at the cross, Christ is then dwelling in our hearts. He's there forever, but... It's to keep him in remembrance all the time. How many of you know religion, the enemy, the devil, will do anything he can to take your eyes off of the power of God being the cross and put them on anything other than that? Amen. And sometimes if, if, we, if, if we live by the commandment to trust in Jesus, who he is and what he's done, and we allow him to dwell in our heart and strengthen us to understand and comprehend and receive his love, Amen. I believe that that's what Paul is, is saying here, is I need to understand God's love. I need to understand how to uh, uh, not only receive it, but allow it to, to flow through me. And I can be doing all of these things for the kingdom of God, but if it's without love, then it's all for nothing. Amen. So he comes on to say, he goes on to say here, now we're going to read verses 4 through 7. Um, I'm going to read it, and then we'll go over and define some of the words and stuff. It says, love, or God's, God's love, is suffering long, and is kind. Love is not envying. Love is not vaunting itself and is not puffed up. It does not behave itself unseemly, uh, it, nor is it seeking her own. It is not easily provoked. It is thinking no evil. It is rejoicing not in iniquity, but is rejoicing in the truth. Hallelujah. It is bearing all things, believing all things, and hoping all things. Enduring all things. Amen. God's love. Hallelujah. Understanding, we read in, uh, I think it was 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. It says, hereby we perceive the love of God and that he laid his life down for us. Hallelujah. And it was speaking, the word perceiving there meant, it was the word gnosko, and it meant to go past just the knowledge that God loves us. How many of you know that God loves you? Amen. See, it's one thing to have it here, and I'm speaking for myself. It's one thing to have it here and know it intellectually. Uh, it's another thing to really let it penetrate here. Amen. Which is right, why we, had to, we have to dwell on the cross and trust in the cross, because that was the definition of God's love for us. Amen. Man, hallelujah, this makes people mad, but Jesus, God doesn't love us. It doesn't make people mad, but we just don't think about it. God doesn't love us because we accepted Jesus. Amen? 
He loves us, and that's why he sent Jesus. And if we don't understand that, we're missing it all. That's what, that's what this is saying here. We're missing it all. I forget, it's also maybe in Ephesians, it talks about faith that worketh by love. Yeah, because the motivation for God sending Jesus to save us, the motivation for that was God's love. And that's why it's going to say at the end of this chapter, there's faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love because we need to really understand it's, <laughs> we're human beings with pea brains that, that just don't grasp it all, amen? But man, the motivation for hanging on the cross was that he loves us, hallelujah. I don't know about you, but it, it's a bit overwhelming to me when you really think about the depth of this. This isn't about a religion. This isn't about going through the motions. This isn't about being perfect. This is not about putting on a mask and, and be pretending like you're perfect. This is about receiving God's love, amen, walking in God's love, trusting in what he's done for us at the cross, allowing that love to flow through us, allowing uh, the spirit to strengthen us to even comprehend God's love, amen, amen. So look at, so he just said, here's some things that love does and doesn't do. It, 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 uh, here's the first thing. God's kind of love here uh, uh, suffers long, is suffering long. Amen. It's, uh, it's patient. Uh, uh, preserve patiently and brave, bravely in enduring misfortunes and troubles. How many of you love uh, trials that you go through? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. You know what I also see here is I see this as kind of a reciprocation with God's love. God loved us at the cross. If we love him, we'll trust in the cross. Amen? That is a reciprocation, and I'll try to explain that and show you that a little bit longer. But love, God's love endures. How many of you know it says in Romans and I think in James that, that uh, rejoice when you have these trials because they're a trial of your faith? Amen. In other words, you cling to the cross and you cling to the hope that, that, that is that God promised yes and amen in what Jesus has done. And even though you're going through something, hallelujah, you are guaranteed victory. Amen. And so, yes, the trial isn't fun sometimes, and, and it, it may seem like it goes longer. But if we love God, we'll believe him. Amen? amen. We'll trust in him. We'll trust in his provision, which was Christ and him crucified. We will say, God, I love you. I don't see it yet. But I'm going to trust in what you provided for me to trust in, and I'm going to confidently expect victory. Hallelujah. That's loving God. Amen. It suffers long. It's kind. Hallelujah. Uh, to show oneself, to act uh, benevolently. Uh, it doesn't envy. It is envying not, is what it says. And th this has a good uh, definition and a bad definition. He's obviously using this in a negative way. It means to be heated or to boil with envy, hatred. Or anger. Uh, has anyone met a religious person that's just mad all the time? Because there's no joy. In, you know, I, there's a... <laughs> has anyone ever met anybody that just talks about the commandments all the time? And uh, let me just say something. I don't say that in mockery. The commandments of God and the law of God were really God's first revelation of himself. His holiness. Amen really, of God's love. We didn't have the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us, so God, the law was given as a, as a set of boundaries. Don't go that far, right? Because without those boundaries, we would steal and kill and do all of these things. Um, but 
religious people focus on law and the commandments. And I don't know if you've ever seen, okay, oh, there's an individual that, has, that is, I'm an acquaintance with here recently that, um, you know, he's always talking about the commandments. This is at work, okay? Um, two individuals, one who says he's a believer and, and another who says he's not a believer, but I've had some opportunities to minister to him and whatnot. So the one's always talking about the commandments. Well, my dad said this, you know, you, you keep these 10, you got a good, good shot of getting in. Amen. Now, he just said, you know, my dad just said, you'd talk to 90% of Christians and they'd say, well, if I've done good enough, yeah, then I think I'll get in. Um, but so here's what my point is. is there's been some subjects come up on, with the unfortunate uh, death of Kobe last week. And we've talked, because we talk sports at work, you know. So, you know, Kobe's, how many of you have had transgressions? Amen. All of us have, right? So Kobe's had some and Tiger's had some. And, you know, I hear this individual talk about the commandments this and the commandments that. And yet in his heart is this kind of like bitter kind of hatred. Um, he has said some things nasty about these individuals because of what their transgressions were. Okay. And how they, they could basically die, for all I care. I mean, literally, those are the... And I'm not singling out this individual. I'm not even saying he's a religious kind of a person. I'm just saying that, you know, you have the tendency, you can have the tendency in, in religion, if we miss God's love and if we miss the motivation for the cross being God's love and we're not receiving God's love, then we're not going to be able to walk in his love. Amen? See, God's love is merciful. Hey, can I get an amen? God's love is forgiving? Praise God. Amen. And God's love is grace. Amen. God's love is healing. God's love is welcome in. Who are we to hold grudges? Who, who are we to hate individuals? Jesus said, if you've hated someone, you've murdered them in your heart. It's just as well as they, they're dead to me kind of a thing. You know? God's love doesn't do that. The fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and long-suffering, amen, and temperance. And, and, you know, we list nine of them, but God's infinite. God, the fruit of the Spirit is infinite, right? Forgiveness is the fruit of the Spirit. Mercy is a fruit of the Spirit. Compassion is a, is a fruit of the Spirit. Hallelujah. And, you know, this is why, again, if we're just going through the motions of religion, we're not going to allow the Holy Spirit to change our heart and make us this, this isn't, when we're talking about, and you know this, but when we're talking about love in this chapter, we're not talking out of a willpower or a desire to try harder to love people. We're talking about allowing God to reveal his love in my heart and in my life. So that, and allowing Christ to live through us and in us by faith so that individuals in our life can see his love coming out of us. Amen. And again, now that's the difference. That's what Christianity ought to be. We live by faith. We allow God, the Holy Spirit, to move and operate in us, to reveal his love to us, to change our hearts and our lives, to bring about, for, to bring about fruit in our lives. Amen? If we're not growing in love and these things, then we're on the wrong track. But like he just said, we could have it. We could be speaking in tongues and prophesying and knowing mysteries and having knowledge and removing mountains. But if we're missing God's love and if we're not growing in that fruit then we're missing something. Amen. 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 As long as Christ and the cross remains the object of our faith and I don't look at something else, then God will do this, make, make us this. Amen. And I love that promise. So it doesn't envy. Uh, love uh, is not vaunting. 
<laughs> whatever that means. It means to boast. Display, employing uh, rhetorical embellishments, extolling oneself excessively, to boast. It doesn't boast. Amen. My dad shared a few weeks ago um, about some things that he has been going through. If you remember his teaching a couple of weeks ago, a lot of it was a testimony, right? It's not I got through this and I did this and I did that. It's God, hallelujah, is doing this and God is seeing us through. And I know this is all we're, we're preaching to a people who I think are humble enough to receive the, the, the truth that it's not about me. <laughs> here's, here's what not vaunting itself up, not being, not being boastful. Uh, when I am weak, he is strong. Amen. Amen. Not when I am strong, I am strong. And God just made me this and I can just do it. I can do all things through the strengthening that Christ gives me. Amen. Amen. That's humility. That's not being boastful. That's boasting in Christ. How many of you know Paul said, God forbid that I should boast in anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's my power source. God's the provider. The Holy Spirit's the one that brings about victory in our life and brings about this strength to receive God's love. Amen. We need to be seeing this in Christians' lives. Amen. And uh, um, hallelujah. It's not puffed up. Praise the Lord. It doesn't make proud or or it's not boastful. It doesn't behave itself unseemly, uh, uh, inappropriately. Amen. It's, It's not seeking her own. God's kind of love is not seeking her own. It's seeking... Uh, um, you know, we should have the assurance as believers that God has all of our best interests in mind. Amen? I don't need to worry about the things that I need in life. He knows what I need in life. And he said if I seek his kingdom and his righteousness, that he'll add all of these things unto me. Amen? Now, I'm not by any means perfect in what I'm saying here right now, but, but because we're selfish people. Amen? I'm telling on all of us, not just me and my wife. Amen. I'm just, we as human beings are. Come on now. We're all believing God for something in here, right? Well, I'm just saying that it, how, I mean, how often, and I'm putting myself at the head of this train, how often are we seeking the well-being of others around us and just saying, you know, it's not really about me. It's about what can I give to an individual? I had a dream last night um, that just, I don't, this even came to me this morning. Um, I had a dream that someone broke into our truck and stole all of the ministry equipment out of the truck. And it was like the truck was there, but all the equipment was gone. And there was two or three guys in the car that had done it, and they were driving away. I don't, I don't know why they weren't in a police car, but <laughs> And I remember in my dream, and I'm only, this was just a dream, first of all, and second of all, I'm only boasting in God. I remember the feeling in my dream of the only thing that I wanted to tell them. I wasn't mad about the fact they stole the equipment. I wasn't angry. I wasn't worried about how we were going to get the equipment back or if we were going to have to buy. All I wanted in the dream was to tell them how much God loved them. All I wanted in the dream was to tell them, I was going to say this, and I remember thinking to myself in the dream, and they were kind of driving off and not letting me do this, but I wanted to say that, hey, God doesn't, God loves you, and that's why he sent Jesus for us, you know? So it, that's ironic coincidence that I had this dream last night, but all I wanted in the dream was just to let them know that God loved them. In other words, there was another way. It doesn't have to be this way, and I'm not mad or anything like that, but I want you to know that God loves you. Amen? How many of you know if, if, uh, if the world knew, if we knew, if individuals knew really God's love for them, you know, and allow that to, to be the changing force in our heart, amen, you know, we, we'd find 
find ourselves enjoying life a lot more. We'd find ourselves really trusting him. Amen. Instead of trying to figure out how we're going to accomplish whatever it is. Amen. Any of us go through things in life where we have or tend to, you know, worry about it or how are we going to overcome it or where is it going to come from? Amen. And uh, to the extent that we allow God's love to really penetrate our heart, you know, is the extent that, that we're going to see a lot of victory in our life and see a lot of, you know, God's promises. It's really just a, a growth in relationship and trust with him. Amen. Knowing that he has our best interests in mind. Praise the Lord. Amen. And uh, anyway, so these two or three in the dream, um, I don't remember if I ever got to tell them. They, they didn't want to, they wouldn't allow me to hear. And I was like, no, guys, I just want to tell you something, you know. It wasn't like I wanted to like, anyway. It wasn't, no, I didn't, I didn't want the equipment back. I just wanted them to know that, that God loved them and that he had sent Jesus, and, and that's how we know that, that he loved them. Uh, Vince, you have something there, brother? Hi, guys. Um, so this is really uh, what Jeff was talking about and Ryan is just something that, uh, that I experienced this weekend. I've been in, out of town and working on, on this place we have out in Colorado, and uh, we're right by Karis Bible College, so there's a, a young man that um, that was helping me out. He's and he had a brother, an older brother that was just nearly 30, and this guy had a lot of good re- revelation on God's love. So uh, he goes; he's a second year Karis Bible College student, but um, but like wisdom beyond his years, actually. And so we're trying to get out of there, and. It's Friday night. Uh, actually, it's already Saturday morning, probably 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning, and, and, and this guy comes over to drop his, his brother off because we're giving him a ride to Arizona. So long story short, what happened was he, he has a really good revelation of God's love, and, uh, and I was really impressed by it. And, and the things that he said to me, uh, I, I thought I had a good revelation of God's love, actually. But, you know, when, when you say God loves us, what I notice that when when when, we, when I read that or hear that, I, I I notice that I compartmentalize that. I God loves us. So then I first thing that comes to my head as a human being is my family, right? Me and my kids. Then the second thing is the church, right? God loves us, the church. And then the third thing is God loves, or or let me just specify this church. God loves us, right? And that's kind of as far as I used to take it, you know, like us. I maybe even took it to God loves us, the Christians, okay? But this guy had a revelation that God loves humanity. Yes. You know what I mean? He took it beyond what I could ever really imagine in my head. And and God has, and somebody down the Christianity road said we're brothers and sisters. You know, like, to get the revelation to love and I love you guys, right? But to, to get to love you guys, and, and I don't want to step on anybody's toes, and it's hard to say this, but to love you all like I love my children's is really difficult. It just is, right? I'm sorry, but it is. And it's hard. And, but, but it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. We should be loving until we get a revelation that we love humanity Amen. like we love our children. We're not there yet. We don't, we don't understand God's love. Amen. And God's love so, like, unfathomable that we, we as, as um, children of God and brothers of sis- and sisters, until we got that revelation, 
that, that us is humanity, everybody that's ever stepped on your toes, everybody that's ever Amen. fired a gun at you, everybody that's ever said things about Christians, until we know that God loves every single person on earth and, and the universe, you know, everybody, Amen. then we don't get it. Amen. Know? Amen. That's well said, brethren. Hallelujah. You know, again, that's the, this is the difference um, between real true Christianity and just going through the motions of dead religion. And that's, you know, and I, you, I know I use that term loosely all the time and stuff. And there's all, form, there's all kinds of forms of that religion, even within Christianity. But uh, if, if we're not comprehending what Vince just broke down, we're not comprehending really the main motivation for God's doing all of this, saving mankind, those that will, but he wants everyone, amen, and uh, that we're, we're, then we're missing, we're just missing it, you know. And uh, to have opportunity to witness or to share with any people, it, it's, uh, it's God's love has got to be the motivation for that as well. And, um, and I'm not trying to limit this to just ministry or anything. I'm just in our everyday sphere of influences that we have, you know, seeing people that uh, um, are not lovely but loving them anyway, you know, just people that have disagreements with us, but still understanding that there's a bigger picture, you know, and that, and that God loves them. I have, I've had this opportunity to witness to an individual at work who writes straight out, says he respects what I believe, and he believes that there is one God, but he doesn't know how we're going to get there and things like this. And, and he told me straight up, I, I, don't think, I don't think that Jesus is the way, you know, and this and that. So I got, I've been able to share some things. You know, I'm not all offended and, oh, now I've got to be quiet. I've just been able, through God's wisdom and, and him giving me words, I've been able to just plant seeds and just get him to think about it. You know, is it true or is it false? And present Jesus in a way that's not a religious way or, well, the Bible says it. Amen. Now, me and you know the Bible says it, right? But to an unbeliever, they don't care what the Bible says. Amen. So I'm just trying to say I'm presenting in a, in a historical way, I guess apologetics kind of a way of, hey, you know, this is either true or false. This is black and white, amen. And uh, we have to remind ourselves of this as well, that this isn't just something that we just say we believe. We're not really quite sure. We're, you're either convinced that Jesus is who he said he was and died and rose from the grave, or you're just going through the motions of Christianity, Amen. And uh, I'm, I'm speaking for, for Christians. But anyway, hallelujah. This has been good. Um, I want to just kind of sum up the last part of this chapter and, and finish on this. But I, I do want to say that these next two verses, verses 6 and 7, really stood out to me. Because I, I made the statement earlier that to reciprocate with God's love for us is to be believing and trusting in his gospel. Amen. And I believe that these are just two of many other verses that kind of show us this. Um, real quick, at the end of verse 5, it says it's not easily provoked and it is thinking no evil. This word thinking is, is actually a reckoning term. It's the word legismi or something like that. It's, it's, not, it's not reconciling evil with evil. It's because someone does me wrong. If, I'm, if I really am receiving God's love, my first thought shouldn't be how am I going to get them back. Amen. My first thought towards someone that's done me wrong should be compassion and mercy and forgiveness. Amen. Is everyone with me right now? Guys, will you go out that door right there so we're not distracted? I want to say this again, guys, so we all hear this. This says, it thinketh no evil. Is thinking no evil. It's a reckoning term. In other words, you do me wrong. The only way to reconcile that is for me to do you wrong. Do we get that? 
Okay, so I'm just saying that, you know, when someone does us wrong, sometimes, you know, the, the, the arousal, the thought can be, well, how am I going to get them back kind of a thing. Come on now, a couple head nods would be good. You've thought that before, amen? I'm just saying, but that's not God's love. God's love would be merciful and, and try to understand it and be compassionate. And why is that person doing me wrong? And what's the hurt in their heart? Why is it that that hurt in their heart is coming at me or so-and-so in a way that's not lovely? Amen? Because that's really, the we're all in this same boat. And God has extended this kind of love to all of us. Amen? He knows the condition of mankind. That's why he sent his son. Hallelujah. That's why we read about Jesus and he had compassion on people. That's why we read about the, the, you know, you go through all the stories of the Bible and the woman at the well and, and Jesus had compassion on her, knowing what she has done was wrong. Jesus is on the cross saying, Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. Amen. A lot of people do a lot of things and don't know why. Amen. You're one of them, Candy. We're all one of them. I'm just saying. I'm going to let you hold that thought. I got to hold that thought, Dad. I just want to get through this real quick. Unless it's very short. Is it short? It's short. Go ahead. Amen. Jesus wept. Amen. No, but Jesus had six centuries to think about this thing because the discussion of what happens at the cross happened before the creation of the earth. Amen. How much love is that, knowing that you're going to have to take on the sin of all the world. Amen. So again, watch this, because I, I, I know we're at 401 right now, or just, after, just before that, actually. But So it's not reconciling, it's not paying back evil for evil. Verse 6 and 7, it is rejoicing not in iniquity, but is rejoicing in the truth. Hallelujah. It's bearing all things, believing all things, hoping all things, and enduring all things. It's, it's, I'm, I won't go through the definitions, I'll just tell them to you. It's not rejoicing in unrighteousness, that's what iniquity means. But rather is rejoicing in the truth. Hallelujah. This isn't a term just means the truth of a certain matter or a certain subject. This is talking about the truth of God. Here's love. Rejoicing in Christ and him crucified. That's the truth. We just read last, in last hour, my dad, and I don't need to say that because you already know that. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. It doesn't just mean rejoicing in the truth of a certain subject. Paul said to the Galatians, who has bewitched you to not obey the truth? Christ in him crucified. Love, God's kind of love, rejoices in what God did for us. Amen. See, I'm loving God. I'm rejoicing in what he's done for me. Because this is what God's kind of love does. It's, this is what it's saying. God's love rejoices in the, the great plan of salvation, the great plan of our redemption. Amen. Hallelujah. And uh, it says it's bearing all things, believing all things, hoping all things, and it's enduring all things. This is what love is doing. God's love is getting us through, bearing. We're believing that his promises are yes and amen. We're confidently expecting the things of him to come to pass. While we endure trials and while we endure sicknesses at times and while we endure people that hate us and all these things, but God's love will get us through. Because why? Because God's love has never fails. Hallelujah. I'm going to break this down quick. You're used to me going over, so give me just two minutes. Okay, look. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. 
But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. Now, real quick, does he mean that prophecies are going to go or are going to fail? Do, are, are there uh, the tongues that are going to cease and knowledge and it's just going to all vanish away? That's not what he's trying to say here. When he says, for then when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. He's talking about our glorified bodies here. Now, so what he's saying, and he uses the analogy as a child to say, look, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, and I understood as a child, and I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things, for now we see through a glass, darkly. But then, when we have that perfect body, and we're in our glorified state, and see Jesus face to face, but then, now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. Hallelujah. So when he says that, prophecies, they're going to fail, and these things. All he's, he's not saying they're going to fail or they're going to cease from, from existing. What he's saying is, while we are here now and we only know in part, can I get an amen? We only know in part. We're supposed to be growing. Amen. And so he uses the child analogy of just saying that I was a child and I had to grow and I had to learn things and I had to come to know things. But when that which is perfect has come and I am finally glorified and I know him and I know me even as I am known, there won't be the necessity to grow or prophesy or speak in in tongues and these things. So he's not putting down tongues and prophecies and these kinds of things. What he's saying is that we need to grow. (laughs) Amen. And what are we talking about in this chapter? Love. We need to grow in God's love. Hallelujah. And he says to finish, now is abiding these three things, faith, hope, and love, agape love. But the greatest of these is God's love. Amen. We need to grow. We need to mature. We need to prophesy. We need to speak with tongues. We need to go feed the poor. I don't think I even read that verse, but he talks about if I feed the poor and do it without love. Come on now. There's a lot of people. Works. If I do just works, 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 works. Well, there's, but is it not, is it motivated from God's love? If I gave my body to be burned, if I did all of these things for God, but I really never comprehended his love or understood his love or, or it be the motivating factor for any of this, amen? I'm not saying individuals are not saved. I'm just saying we need to get the first thing, the first thing. The most important thing is God's love and comprehending it. And I'm just getting started, amen? And, uh, and that's why he's saying, as a child, it's time to grow, okay? One day we won't have to do that anymore because one day we're going to know the same way we are known, amen? And that's going to be a glorious day where, where the presence of sin won't even be, hallelujah. And all we'll know is love and joy and peace, and we'll be experiencing it. It'll be an awesome day, Amen. So now we have to grow, though, and we have to grow in God's love, hallelujah. And going back to Ephesians, we need to let Christ dwell in our hearts by faith so that we're able to have, have the strength to even comprehend this love. Amen. Father, we love you, Lord, hallelujah. Thanks for showing us just a little more here today um, about just how good you are, Father, hallelujah. Help, 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 help us grow. Help us understand this great love. Help us to make sure that we keep Christ and the cross uh, uh, the, the object of our faith so that <clears throat> we can get the most important thing right, and that is a comprehension of your great love for us, Father. Take it past our head. Take it past a, 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 a knowing, a knowledge, but, Father, uh, bring it into our heart where it just passes knowledge, Father. It's an experience, Father. We just desire to grow deeper in your love, Lord. We desire to, to know it and understand it better. 
Uh, again, we desire to experience it to a greater degree, Father. And we thank you that we have a lifetime to continue to grow in this, Lord. Help, help, help. We love you, Lord, Father. And uh, most of all, Father, um, again, help us to comprehend how much you love us, Lord. Hallelujah. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. All right.